on the second week of the five weeks of Halloween, we talk about Balak the Demon and its comparison with the Nun movie from the Conjuring series. We also go through a bunch of different ghost stories and many more. Stay tuned with us for our second week of the five weeks of Halloween celebration. Listen if you dare, as we unfold stories of unexplained happenings and phenomena. Write in at unexpectedhauntings739 at gmail.com. This is where the unexpected and ghost stories are brought into reality. This is Unexpected Hauntings. That's right, everyone, and welcome back to Unexpected Hauntings. We are so proud to have you today. And this marks the second week of the five weeks of Halloween. And who is ready for Halloween? Um, I'm actually shooting out this episode on October 1st, so I am pumped for Halloween. It already feels like Halloween right now. The shops are open. Um, Party City is popping if you go to Party City. Um, still looking for a uh, good Halloween store, though. Um, I know that they do Spirit Halloween uh, around my area, but I haven't seen any of them. So hopefully COVID didn't um, stop that from happening this year. But uh, yeah, let us know if you're going to still go out and trick-or-treat. That is the big, big question right now. Are people still going to trick-or-treat or are they going to stay home? and just hand out candy, which if everyone stays at home and hands out candy, he's going to do trick-or-treating, right? So there's got to be, you know, some people trick-or-treating and some people not, of course. Um, Now, me personally, I'm probably going to find a haunted house or something and go the week before because my mom's birthday is actually on Halloween. So going to be doing something really fun there. I'm going to be doing a... um, Hopefully she's not listening in on this. She's been trying to get a hint on what's going to happen on her birthday. And it's something big. And it involves all the whole family. So um, it's going to be quite quite fun. So I'm doing um, pre-recordings. That way I can get this uh, recorded for you guys. And get you guys some Halloween content. But for today, we don't have any featured guests. Um, I figured... We'd just kind of sit back and relax, um, and hopefully you guys listened to the last episode, the first week um, of the five-week series. Um, it was a lot of fun to do that, you guys, um, and you know Chase has got a lot of a hold on the supernatural, and I thought that you guys would love to hear that. Um, you know, astral projection has been a huge thing, and it still is today on what happens with astral projection so hopefully you guys were able to listen in on that episode but this week week two is going to be focused on you guys ever seen the movie the nun well let me tell you it is a creepy ass movie and it is in the conjuring series so (laughs) just saying that um it just you know just goes to show how creepy the movie is the producer does an amazing job, um, and 
it portrays Valak, but um, there is a lot of lore behind Valak the Demon. And it's very interesting how you can compare the movie with Valak the Demon. So that's what we'll be going over first. And then we're going to have a lot of other ghost stories just thrown in there. Um, and it's going to be a fun episode. Uh, you know, like I said, no no um, guests are going to be coming in today. No one's going to be giving their ghost stories. But um, we're going to be going over some pretty interesting stuff today. So hopefully you guys will stay tuned for that. And we'll see what we can do with the rest of the five weeks of Halloween. Because it's a pretty busy month for me and for um, everyone else. So with that being said, we're going to go into talking about Valak the Demon, the true meaning behind Valak the Demon, and the comparison between that and the Nun movie. Enjoy. What is the true story of Valak the Demon? If you have seen any of these movies from the Conjuring franchise, then you're quite familiar with Valak the Demon who takes on the form of a nun. To the series' credit, this is probably one of the scarier demons in a work of fiction, in my opinion. As we all gear up to see The Nun, which appears on Friday, September 7th, let's take a journey into the world of demonology. Given my ear curious nature, I have been wondering what the true story is with Valak. Being familiar with the Warrens and their case files, I know the films took some serious liberties with the infield poltergeist. Valak is neither a thing that is mentioned or involved. Dramatic effects, that's all it was. That's what Hollywood does because they need to entertain the world but bore us all with those pesky facts and research. Now is Valak based on a true story? Well, sort of. There is mythology on Valak that you can find in numerous grimoires. According to the grimoire, The Lesser Key of Solomon, Valak is described as the great president of hell. In fact, Valak is in command of 38 legions of demons, so Valak isn't some low-ranking devil. But Valak does not take the form of a nun. Valak instead takes the form of a child who rides a two-headed dragon who has a lot of intelligence. Valak is also mentioned in Thomas Rudd's variant as Valu. Joanne Wire's Pseudomonatria Demonium, <laughs> I guess that's how you say it, as Valak, the Liber Officium Spiritum, as Cooler or Dulas, and in the Munich Manual of Demonic Magic, as Volash. He apparently has the power of finding hidden treasures, whatever that means. This is a segment from the Lesser Key of Solomon. The 62nd spirit of Volach, or Volach, or Valu, he is a president mighty and great, and appeareth like a child with angel's wings riding on a two-headed dragon. His office is to give true answers of hidden treasures and to tell where serpents may be seen, the which he will bring us into the exerciser 
without any force or strength being by him employed. He govern governeth thirty-eight legions of spirits, and his soul is thus. So, where did the nun appearance come from? Apparently, Lorraine Warren talked about how she was visited by a hooded figure who had a swirling tornado vortex around it. That gave James Wan the idea to go in the nun direction, he said. I remember hearing that, and my thoughts was, oh crap, that's going to be a CGI character. I didn't want to do that, and so it kind of took me a while to cement in my head what th this vision was, and it came across eventually in a very organic way, because it was a demonic vision that haunts her that only attacks her. I wanted something that would attack her faith, something that would threaten the safety of her husband. And so that was eventually how the idea of this very iconographic image of a holy icon cemented in my head. While in, someone, while in somewhat disappointed that the Volak in the movie was little in common with the Volak of lore, there are similarities with the snakes and having the title of being the Marquise of Snakes. What is pretty interesting is that James Bond was so taken by Lorraine's story that he added Volak in reshoots for The Conjuring 2. It ended up being a good decision, decision on his part. But in terms of cases where Volak had interactions with humans, there isn't much to support this argument. It seems that Volak has stayed in the grimoires until the Conjuring franchise took off. There hasn't been any record of a person being possessed by Volak from what I've researched, but I can't help but wonder if this film franchise may inspire a few incidents. Rumor has it, that there are magical practitioners who call upon Valak, and apparently he is more than happy to share those strengths and secrets of hidden treasures if you're worthy of them. I don't want to know what happens if you aren't worthy. What about the Karta Monastery? What I am excited for is that the nun takes place at the Karta Monastery in Transylvania and southern Romania. This abbey is very much a real place that is considered to be haunted. However you find stories of demons there, the abbey is a Christarian monastery that was built in the 1200s in the shape of a cross. During the Mongol invasion of 1241, the abbey experienced quite a bit of damage, so it was restored, so it was restored numerous times throughout its life. It stopped its functions in the 1500s, which means it was out of commission during the time period the nun is set in. The only part of the original monastery that is still intact is a church building, ironically is now a Lutheran evangelical church. It is known as the Haunted Abbey, which means its reputation is quite a paranormal one. Tourists have reported vibrating walls and moving chairs. The only ghost sightings the Abbey has been associated with are apparitions of monks in white robes. When the site was a full functionary Abbey, the monks indeed wore white robes. 
They also worked very hard every day, and their life expectancy was around 40 years old. According to the legends, they fastened all day and woke up at 3 a.m. every day. Apparently, they also had church every three hours by the time evening hit. Plus, they all slept in one room with hay. There are dozens of monks who are buried on site along with some soldiers who lost their lives during World War I. Perhaps the sightings are merely res residuals, hauntings, from their heyday. There are no records of demonic encounters at the Abbey. If it is haunted, it sounds innocent and benevolent. The monks also were fearful of foreign invasions, so they supposedly dug a tunnel from the Abbey to the Alt River where there were boats standing by. There is another rumor that Mathis Corvinus, the king of Hungary, ordered the monks to leave Carta in 1474, thus banished. This was because Carta was being so well and became a wealth, became a wealth ad adversary to the Saxon guilds that controlled the commerce. Archaeologists did find something interesting while excavating the abbey. They found oh, the remains of two abnormally tall individuals who were over six and a half feet tall. While this may not seem odd today, it was certainly odd hundreds of years ago when people were shorter back in those days. It was not uncommon for people with disabilities and abnormalities to be sent to abbeys to live out their days away from the community. It looks like this might have been the case here. What was the inspiration for The Nun? The Nun was inspired by one of my favorite movies, The Name of the Rose, which stars Sean Connery and a very young Christian slave. Connery plays a fr friar who goes to a Benedictine monastery in northern Italy to investigate the mysterious deaths of it is believed that the devil is behind the murder because the last person who spoke to the monk was found dead in a vat full of pig's blood. The nun has a similar story with a priest and the nun going to the Carter Monastery to investigate a nun's mysterious suicide. The culprit of the murder was human in the name of the rose and nothing supernatural. We know that the nun will have a more supernatural culprit. Thank you so much for reading this. I hope that you have gotten some more insight on Valak and the connection to the nun somewhat. Thank you guys so much. So, the nun has no connection uh, to Valak. I found that very interesting. Um, and, you know, I mean, Hollywood, I know we've always heard that they like to doctor things up um, quite a bit, but um, that just changes everything. Oh, and by the way, this was written, like, way back then. Um, let's see. When was this written back? This was in September... Um, 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 let me see. 
September 6, 2018. So this is about, you know, two two years old. So, um, you know, this was before The Nun came out, which I would be interesting to know after the fact of watching it, what this, what this person thought about it. But um, I thought that, I don't know, very interesting how James Wan, the um, director for The Nun, uh, kind of portrayed Valak in, uh, in the movies, in the Conjuring series. So, and they even mention Valak in the movie. It's really cool. Uh, if you guys ever want to watch a creepy, creepy movie for this Halloween, go watch The Nun. Um, I don't think um, this might have been the most creepiest uh, movie out of the Conjuring series to me. Just because, I don't know why, but like old churches, run-down churches, and nuns, and just seeing ghosts and stuff like that just really, really make me just lose my mind and freak out. Because um, that and clowns. So, um, yeah, if you guys want to go see that, go for it. It's, it's really good. The whole Conjuring series is really good, but the nun series... Oh, it gives you the chills for real. So anyways, guys, we're going to go into going to just tell about 10 ghost stories for you guys um, of real American horror stories that um, happen. And some of them aren't as creepy. Some of them are. It just depends. And just for fun, if you want, just uh, pick out which one that you really enjoyed listening to and uh, write in. That would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? So just write in your favorite um, real American ghost story that you hear on here and what just which one pops out the most. And maybe you might have an experience that might be connected to one of these stories. Um, but if you do, write into unexpectedhauntings739 at gmail.com and we'd love to hear from you guys. But without further ado, we're going to go into these 10 stories. And... Uh, Let's see what you guys think. The Abandoned Asylum Me and some friends went to abandoned mental asylum at night, not really expecting much. We busted in one of the boarded-up windows, and when we were inside, we all heard talking. We figured out... We figured other people were there, so we followed the sound. We're walking down the hall and heard what sounded like a woman whispering, Why did you take my baby? Over and over again. At this point, I'm visibly shaking, and we all believed we found where the sound was coming from. We go in this room, and there was a huge cage. It looked like one of those pet carriers, but human size. I don't know what the hell happened that night. I don't really believe dead people were talking in there, but the sheer creepiness of it all was too much. Brandy Alexander The Watch My cousin and his family, wife and infant son, had lived in their house for about five years. His wife left home to drop the baby off at daycare before work but realized she had left her phone at home. 
Entering the house, she turned the corner to the hallway and nearly ran into the drop-down attic ladder, which was fully extended. They never used the attic as it was filled with loose insulation and my cousin had left for work hours earlier. She quietly left the house, drove around the corner, and called the police. When the police investigated, they found a short-range transmitter connected to several cameras hidden throughout their home. The light fixture in the shower, the ceiling fan above their bed, even a pinhole in the nursery were sending videos to a nearby location. Their neighbor, a few houses away, had been given a key by the prior owners and installed surveillance equipment once he knew their schedule. My cousin's wife walked in on him, updating his equipment, but he forgot something at his house and left to go get it when she walked in. He had been watching them for years. Matt Lass The Blind Old Woman Worked at a woman's clothing mail order catalog call center. During training, a veteran worker was talking about getting to know the frequent callers and a story of one of them. So old lady used to call call in often. She was blind but would have someone help her pick out the things. The manager of her apartment complex, I think. She would order often and they got to know her by name. Well, eventually she stopped calling in, so they contacted the number they had for her, which was the apartment manager's number. Old lady was fine, but had to be moved to a new building because, well, the old blind lady was very meticulous with her cleaning. She cleaned everything often to old lady level, so the manager had come in to do some maintenance for the first time in many months. Every room in her apartment above head level had thick webs and nests of black widow spiders. Hundreds and hundreds. Can you imagine? An oblivious old lady walking around blind in a house she thinks is spotlessly clean. But there is a soul-freezing nightmare swarming all over the ceiling. Noises Behind the Door This actually happened to a friend of mine. She used to live in an entirely different town when she was younger and her closet had the strange door on the back of it. Well, whether it was imagined just due to her being a child at the time or if it really did happen, she started to hear noises coming from behind this door whenever she went to bed. She told me that several times She tried telling her parents that she was hearing these noises, but they never believed her. So some time goes by, and one day, her parents get a call from the police because they just arrested a homeless man. This was not just any homeless man, though. This homeless man was living in some sort of a tunnel that goes straight to the door in the back of her closet. So every once in a while, for whatever reason, this man would come through the door and watch my friend sleep in her closet. Miss Black My gran was in the local town doing her shopping and running various errands. On her way home, she met one of her neighbors out doing their gardening. She stopped and asked how they were. 
They had a chat and Grand came home. When she got in, my granddad asked how town had been, if she met anyone on the way. Grand started talking about the neighbor. Granddad interrupted her. Miss Black? We were at her funeral two weeks ago. Apparently, Grand nearly passed out when she realized. Under the bed. True story about my grandma that takes place before they had children. My grandpa, Daryl, worked night shifts, so my grandma, Dora, was home alone most nights. Her sister-in-law, Rose, would randomly come over to keep her company. Dora decided to go to bed early one night. Rose came over that night to see how she was doing. She went to Dora's bedroom after calling for her with a reply of, I'm in bed, just come in. Upon entering the room, Rose starts acting weird and telling her she really wants her to get up and come help her with something in the kitchen. Dora was ready to go to bed and was already in bed and really didn't want to. Rose was really adamant for her to come help her, telling her it was urgent. After a while, Dora eventually got up and followed Rose to the kitchen. Upon entering, Rose whispers in a panic with tears in her eyes. There's a man under your bed with a knife. Dora, of course, didn't believe at first, but seeing the panic in Rose's eyes, she could not believe her. They proceeded to call the cops and left to the, left to the neighbor's house. The cops came and found a man hiding in the closet with a butcher knife. And that is the story of how my grandmother was almost murdered and why I still to this day as 30-year-old man checks under the bed. Early Morning Run My friend was visiting my family in the States. They lived in a rural community of Maine, and one morning she woke up before everything, everyone else and decided to go for a run. After 30 minutes, she turned back and started noticing a van following a few blocks behind her. She thought it was strange, so started turning down a few streets with a van following every move. She started sprinting and the van sped up too. She ran to the first house she could find and started banging on the door. No answer. She hopped the fence and started banging on the back door. The dog in the house started barking at her but no one answered. She jumped into the empty pool in the backyard and hid while dialing 911. A car parked in front of the house and a man started calling out for her, offering her a ride home. The dog in the house was now barking like crazy and the man left after about a minute. Police showed up and took her back to her family's place. She gave a report and they identified the van from a nearby HVAC business. It had been stolen early that day. The Blind Date about 30 years ago, my mom went on a blind date. Her date took her to a restaurant, and although he was nice enough, she just wasn't into him. Not even halfway through the meal, she was already thinking of ways to leave early. The waiter could tell. While my mom's date was in the restroom, the waiter approached her and asked her if she was okay. She explained she was on a blind date and not having much fun. Turns out the waiter was just about to get off work. He offered to give her a ride home if he, wa if he waited another 10 minutes. She considered it. 
and was about to say yes when her date came back from the restroom. She gave a subtle head shake, no, to the waiter and smiled. She and her date finished their meal and he took her home. The next night, my mom was watching the evening news. A story comes on about a woman being raped and murdered behind a restaurant that night before. The restaurant was the one she had been at. They showed the murderer's picture. It was the waiter. Up on the roof, I used to live next to a senile old woman who would knock on my door late at night crying and saying there was somebody in her roof. I would always have to assure her that it was just possums running around and that it was fine. This went on for years until her kids finally sent her to a home and new people moved in. A week or so after this, I woke up to police cars in the street outside my house. I asked the neighbor what had happened and he told me he got out of bed and saw legs dangling out of the ceiling in the kitchen and assumed he was being robbed. The guy got away, but when the cops checked inside the roof, they found chairs, cans of beans, water bottles, magazines, and some blankets. Old mate had been set up there for at least two years, assuming her complaints coincided with him moving in. She once told me her dementia was so bad she'd sometimes have to go grocery shopping a few day, two, few times a day because she'd come home and realize she forgot to buy anything. I wonder now if it was just because he was taking all of her food. Hidden in the tree. This couple had a huge tree in their backyard and it started to smell and ooze. They had arborists <laughs> come in and look at the tree but no one could figure out what was wrong the couple decided to have the tree removed when the branches started coming down a body fell out a homeless woman was sleeping in the tree and died her body had been decomposed for ages abduction I was only four when this happened I was playing outside with my siblings and neighbors and while they were busy playing a lady approached me and took me to her place, a nearby neighborhood. After a while, everybody was freaking out, and they started looking for me everywhere. This lady was severely depressed. Her husband left her after their son died. He couldn't handle her depression, apparently. She took me to her place and fed me and gave me tons of candy. For a couple days, she also made me wear her deceased son's pajamas. At some point, she took me to buy some candy from the store. The store owner knew her, so he reported that to the police. She didn't hurt me at all. The doctor even said I was well-fed. I always think of her and pray she's in a better place now. Even tried to go visit her when I was a college student. Her house was sold and she moved away, apparently. The Tale of Stingy Jack and the Jack-O-Lantern Jack-O-Lantern legend goes back hundreds of years in the Irish history. Many of the stories center around Stingy Jack. Here's the most popular story. Stingy Jack was a mis miserable old man who took pleasure in playing tricks on just about everyone. Family, friends, his mother, and even the devil himself. 
One day, he was at his favorite pub with the devil. The devil offered to buy Jack a drink in exchange for his soul. The devil transformed himself into a coin to pay for the drinks. But Jack stole the coin and put it in his pocket where he kept a cross. The cross kept the devil from changing back. Stingy Jack freed the devil only after he agreed to wait before taking his soul. Years later, he ran into the devil by an apple tree. The devil wanted to take his soul right then and there. Stingy Jack bought some time, but asking the devil to climb up the tree and get him an apple. As soon as the devil was in the tree, Stingy Jack trapped the devil by placing crosses and a circle around the tree. Then Stingy Jack made the devil promise not to take his soul when he died. Many years later, when Jack had passed away and went to the pearly gates of heaven, he was told by St. Peter that he was mean, cruel, and had led a miserable, worthless life on earth. Stingy Jack was not allowed to enter heaven. Stingy Jack then went down to hell and the devil. The devil kept his promise and would not allow him to enter. Now Stingy Jack was scared. He had nowhere to go but to wander about forever in the dark netherworld between heaven and hell. He asked the devil how he could leave as there was no light to be seen. The devil tossed him an ember from the flames of hell to help Stingy Jack light his way. Jack had a turnip with him. It was of his favorite foods and he always carried one with him. Jack hollowed out the turnip and placed the ember the devil had given him inside the turnip. From the day onward, Stingy Jack roamed the earth without a resting place, with only his dim turnip lighting the way. The Irish called the ghost of Stingy Jack, Jack of the Lantern, later abbrevi abbreviated to Jack O'Lantern. On All Hallows Eve, the Irish hollowed out turnips, rutabags, gourds, potatoes, and beets. They placed a light in them to ward off evil spirits and keep Stingy Jack away. These were the original jack-o'-lanterns. In the 1800s, waves of Irish immigrants came to America. The Irish immigrants quickly discovered that pumpkins were bigger and easier to carve out. So they used pumpkins for jack-o'-lanterns. Alright guys, well I hope that you guys enjoyed the second week of the five weeks of Halloween. I know I didn't have any special guests today, but that's alright. Uh, we still had a lot of fun, I think. Um, had a blast um, just talking about um, The Nun and its comparison between The Nun movie and um, Valak the Demon, and that actually, um, that Valak is, doesn't take the form of a nun, that's what was very interesting to me as well, um, but I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode, um, make sure that uh, you guys write a review, uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, or follow us on Spotify, I think it's either follow or subscribe. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into that. I'm um, pretty sure it's subscribe for Spotify. Um, also, there's just some different little podcast things that they've partnered with. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, 
continued to grow and we had a really, really good turnout on people listening to the week one of the five weeks of Halloween. We had a lot of fun with that with Chase and um, hopefully we'll have Chase on here a little bit more. Um, that would be a lot of fun because I know that she has a lot um, to tell and has a lot of experiences as well. But um, yeah, so that'll be it for week two of the five weeks of Halloween. We've still got uh, three more weeks coming up, so stay tuned with us this holiday season of Halloween, and we hope that you guys have a safe and fun month of October. Stay safe during this COVID Halloween, and stay spooky, listeners. <laughs>